Attention, people of Earth, do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Hey, you. Yes, you, hearing this message. Do you like podcasts? Well, evidently you do, because you're listening to one right now. Do you like giant monsters? Of course you do. Who doesn't like giant monsters? Well, then have I got the show for you. Earth Destruction Directive is the newest Daikaiju podcast on the Internet. And we talk about all your old favorites, like Godzilla, Rodan, King Ghidorah, and Gamera, but also lesser-known monsters, like Yappa, Yongari, and Giyawa. We cover everything from movies to comic books to video games, and we're kicking it old school at earthdestructiondirective.blogspot.com. Check it out, won't you? And remember, the EDD has got their eyes on you! 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 Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible. This briefing is from file A56-7W. Classified top secret subject is... Hey kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. Magnificent listeners, and welcome to yet another Hey Kids Comics. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm Michael Leyland. Did you have to think about that? I did, yeah. <laughs> you have to think about who you were. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, this is the second episode in our Couch Potato season. Uh, today we're going to be looking at The Flash television show, episode 17, Captain Cold. Uh, the series only lasted one season, so. No, because it was it was not poo. You're just going to sit slagging this off, aren't you? Yeah. And just getting that distinct vibe that that's what you're going to be doing. But I think you're wrong, personally. The USA date, uh, a date. The US er date on this particular episode was April the sixth, nineteen ninety-one. Over here, the show made its UK debut on the eighth of May, nineteen ninety-two. Two years after its US TV debut of September twentieth, nineteen eighty. Um, and it was shown on Sky. It was not shown on the BBC or ITV. Okay. So it was only shown on a cable station, which was quite disappointing, really, that it didn't receive a network area. I'd already seen them all. Thanks to various pirated ads. I was already aware of the Flash television. So back in the early 90s, I didn't bother waiting for British TV to show good stuff. You don't now. And I certainly don't bother now, no, and it's much easier to do now. Again, we're going to do this as an audio commentary. Wow podcasting out of net 
How cool is that? So if you wish to dig out your DVD box set of The Flash... Unless you don't have one because you know it's poo. Unless you don't have one because you think it's poo, in which case you're very, very wrong. Uh, can we also just point out that this is yet another example of Warner Brothers not wanting my money? The Flash is not available for purchase over here in the UK. However, I did buy this on a holiday in Florida. I bought a lot of DVDs on that holiday in Florida, didn't I? Yeah. Um, that's the Superman animated series, which is also not available in this country, legally. The Batman animated series, of which two volumes of that are not available in this country. Samurai Jack's not available. Samurai Jack isn't available in this country I don't either. Have it. But we're not There's a story talking that, about you know. Samurai Jack. I, I really wanted it, and you said on the last day, if you still look, so I was well behaved on that holiday, you bite me. We went back to Walmart, and it wasn't there. Bummer, man. And you've disrupted my train of thought. Yeah. Good job um, we weren't in the commentary. A wrecked yeah. train of So, thought. yeah, so I did buy this because, thankfully, Warner Brothers don't do that stupid region encoding thing. So you can buy DVDs, American DVDs, Warner Brothers DVDs. Can I say DVDs anymore? and play them on UK DVDs because if there's one thing <laughs> DVD players if there's one thing I really do hate more than them not actually even bothering to release it in this country it's region encoded <sighs> region encoded DVDs yes. so if you wish to pick up disc number I don't know what disc number this is disc number 6 five, disc number 5 episode 17 Captain Cold if you want to watch along as two blithering British idiots talk over your favourite television show, then I am pressing play now. Hey Luke, cheap effects. That's not cheap, I quite like that little teaser thing at the beginning. It's cheap. It reminds me of the Batman television show where they would have Batman in colour at the beginning. So yeah, it's cheap. It's not cheap at all. If you compare it to Adam West Batman, it's you're not doing not. it any favours. Well, the tone of this show, it's, it's played straight. John Wesley Schiff, who plays the Flash, bless him, plays it straight. But there is a bit of tongue-in-cheekery going on, isn't there? Yeah. In the actual show itself. We're, we're deep into the teaser at this point. Um, you're an art student, which means that you'll ultimately waste your time all day at school. What, what's your feeling of the look of the show, Art Student Boy? It looks very Batman. -y. Very eight Batman eighty nine. Yeah. It, have you come to that conclusion independently? Yeah. Yeah. Because it is very influenced by Batman, the, the Tim Burton movie. It's trying to be timeless in the sets, isn't it? And the costumes, but there's still a very nineties feel to the clothes. Do you not think? The Batman animated series would pull this off better. I mean, I was just laughing at the Jamaican guy. The Jamaican, the Jamaican guy's a bit of a click. In oh, well. dirty pocket, along with me weird. <laughs> All four of these bad guys in this teaser are pretty cliched, aren't they? Well, we're all for equality and diversity, though. We're going to have people of all races. All races are evil. Yeah. Is that what this teaser's saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a knock at the door. And the guy with the big gun lets him in. And it's Steve Martin. Is it? That's Steve. Do you not think that looks like Steve Martin? I don't know. Do you not know who Steve Martin is? No. The man with two brains. Never seen it. Roxanne. Oh, oh. wasn't he in that? That that. Oh, I can't remember what it was called, but he was in some crap film. 
He's done a lot of crack films. <laughs> he's done a lot of good ones. I, I know he is, yeah. yeah. Do you know that Captain Cold, for it was he, lovely listener, looks like Steve Martin? I don't know. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's very film noir, to be honest with you. Um, Barry Allen, who is the titular Flash of this episode, has been called to the scene because he's a crime forensic person. CSI man. No, he teams up with Token. He teams up with Token. <laughs> oh dear. John Wesley Ship plays The Flash. Uh, daytime soap opera actor. Um, who's had quite an extensive career, actually, as both an actor before and since The Flash. He's more of a director. He's probably best known now for being Dawson Leary's dad in Dawson's Creek. Uh, but you didn't watch Dawson's Creek, did you? No, I have taste. Yes, that's, that's, <laughs> uh, I um, approve of that wholeheartedly. Credits! He was also Professor Zoom in that Brave and the, Bat- Brave and the Bold Batman episode, uh, Requiem for Scarlet Speedster. Okay. Which I thought was a pretty good piece of stunt casting. Isn't Professor Zoom Reverse Flash? Yes, he's Professor Zoom Reverse Flash. Uh, he plays a Professor Zoom in an episode of The Flash. Okay. He goes undercover as somebody and he gives the name Professor Zoom. So it is naturally the Reverse Flash hmm. in that episode. Opening credits, John Wesley Ship is The Flash. Nice little Danny Elfman theme. Very Batman. Very. But I think it stands alone. I think it's pretty damn good. It sounds like Batman. It does sound a bit like Batman. Amanda Pays was Theora Jones in the UK and the US versions of Max Headroom, a role where she similarly similarly sat in front of a computer screen and tapped a keyboard. Uh, She's done a few bit parts since this, but seemed happier now to be a mother to her children with Carbon Burns. Alex Dessert, who plays Token, sorry, (laughs) Barry's lab partner, Julio, is now... Nick Fury on the Avengers cartoon. Okay. Which is very good, the Avengers cartoon. I've not seen it. I recommend them. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying them. In, in this, he is the primarily to be token yeah. and to just spout lots of exposition and to suspect Barry of being the Flash. Okay. That's his role in the show, basically. Uh, we've shown up and there's lots of people who look like they've been frozen in carbonite. Actually, you know what they do look like? They look like Buck Rogers. Are those ice dudes in Ocarina of Time? Oh, they are ice dudes in what? Ocarina of Time. I don't know what that is. It's a Zelda game. Oh, right. Okay. And you go into the ice temple and there's all these statues just like stuffed up. Right. They have spiky hats. I believe you. They look like, in the very first episode of Buck Rogers when he's unfrozen, they okay. look like frozen Buck Rogers. That guy, Lieutenant Garfield, is probably best known for being in ER. He married one of the nurses in here. Right. If Captain Cold was freezing them all. Yes. And there was one guy going, Gah! And one guy phoning the police. Why is he just sat at the table like that? Um, I don't, well, did he have his gun out when Captain Cold showed up? I don't know, he looks chilled. He looks Well, chilled. <laughs> really? Was that a pun? <laughs> it was. was that a terrible pun? It was my pun? attempt at a pun. Oh, yes. Oh, look, it's Nosy Reporter. Who shows up? What list? Giving Bellows and Murphy a hard time. Those two cops were in it quite a lot. Bellows and Murphy. Primarily for comic relief. Mm. Oh, Barry's just stepped on the nosy reporter. Hey, you guys work 
you mean it's not in my business? You're butting in here. I'm meant to be here. Yeah, yeah. The police, they have a right to be there. Someone explain this to her. This is a good line. There you go. Little nod to Lois Lane there. Right. Him mentioning Lois Lane does not mean that Lois Lane doesn't exist in the Flashverse. Does she? He doesn't say that comic book version of Lois Lane, does he? He just calls her Lois Lane. Lois Lane could be a well-respected newspaper journalist. Okay. Uh, he never actually mentions the Lois Superman. What was the other Lois Lane? In what? I don't know, he said she could be a well-respected journalist. No, no, she, she was. In this, he couldn't, he may not be referring to the comics. Oh, okay. Here's what I'm saying to you. Uh, I thought the credits were pretty cool on this show. TV shows nowadays don't have opening credits. Maybe and I think that's pretty sad. They don't want them to look as cheap as this one did. This was an expensive show. It, it looked... It's a million dollars an episode, this show. Anyway. Gone for good credits. The credits are great, I think. Uh, Captain Cold, in the comics, according to Michael's extensive notes, is Leonard Snart. Indeed he is. Uh, who invents a cyclotron cold weapon to defeat the Flash and comes up with the name Captain Cold. Is his real name given anywhere in this? No. Is it not? Is, any, is he called Captain Cold in this? Uh, he is referred to as Captain Cold by the newspapers. Oh, that dude in Gremlins. What dude in Gremlins? The dude in Gremlins and Toy Soldiers foot phones. Yeah, he shows up. Yes, he calls him Captain Cold, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Dick Miller is in this. Yes. Um, it was the 50s when Captain Cold came up to his name. This Captain Cold doesn't have any real motivation other than just being a hitman. Which he was in his old Silver Age. Was he? I thought he was, was he not a bounty hunter? No, it was a hitman. Alright, oh, okay, so that's fair enough. He doesn't wear the suit that Captain Cold wears, does he? No. They don't give an origin for him either, do they? Nope. In this. Uh, he's played by Michael Champion, probably best known as the bad guy in Total Recall. If you've ever seen Total Recall. I have not, though. Um, he had a bit of Bill Hicks did a review of. Did he? No, no, that was. Um, Indies, no, the Michael Douglas thing, Fatal Attraction, yeah. was the one Bill Hicks did a review of. Um, he plays a bit of reverse psychology on him here, where he wants him to go after the Flash. Michael Champion was a bad guy in The Hulk and Star Trek The Next Generation and TJ Hooker and V all throughout the 80s. Um, Jimmy Swain, did you not spot Jimmy Swain, was Jeffrey Coombs. Okay. Reanimator. Oh, right. I thought you were doing a bad racist joke. No, no. <laughs> no, I was not. Um, probably best known for his role in Deep Space Nine. But he comes back to the DC universe. He played the Scarecrow in Batman, the animated series. And he was the Question in Justice League. Okay. And he was Kite Man in Brave and the Bold. <laughs> How can you not love somebody who plays Kite Man? Or is that just me? You know oh, this is good. Anyway, listen to this. So a writer has yeah. been given access to the police department by the Murr's office. Do you think that sounds like a premise for a television series? Or a thing. Castle! I was going to say Castle. That's the premise of Castle. I was going to say, or a comic book based on a fake book <laughs> written by a fake writer <laughs> in a television show yeah fair enough Terry Cronenberg played by Lisa Dar I have no idea who Lisa Dar is 
or whatever up she's been in. Um, the Flash was an amalgam, really, of the different Flashes in the TV show, in the comic books. He's Barry Allen, and he's a forensic scientist. And he wears Wally West's costume. And he wears Wally West's costume, which bugs the crap out of you, doesn't it? It does. That he wears Wally West's costume. Why does that bug you? Because it just does. Does it? It doesn't bug you that he's got red boots instead of yellow boots. Well, yeah, it's Wally West's costume. What's, why is it Wally West's costume? What's the difference? Wally West has a belt that points towards his crotch. Barry just has... Well, this is it. Check me out, women. Yeah. But really. Whereas uh, Barry just goes in a circle around his chest. So he's wearing Wally's costume. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, well, he's got Wally's ravenous appetite. And um, friction burns off his clothes. I bet it does. Which is why he wears the suit in the yeah. TV show. The motivation for wearing the suit is every time he runs fast... His clothes burn off because of the friction. Whereas in the comics, wasn't it just his shoes burned off? Yeah. So there is a reason for him wearing the outfit. The costume's in there so big it makes him like a Frank Miller driving. The costume is a bit bulky for a runner, yeah. isn't it? To be honest with you. I quite like the suit. Okay. In that, Do you not? No. Why not? Because it's too big for the flash. I, I, I quite like that it is at least 90% faithful to the, the comics. Other than the fact that the boots aren't, re- aren't yellow. Yeah. I like that. The earpieces, yeah. the flash earpieces, in the pilot episode, that's a two-way communication between her and him. Okay. So she can keep an eye on him. The suit also keeps his body temperature low. Okay. So the suit does lots of cool stuff that he's never mentioned again in the TV series. Yeah. Only ever in the pilot is all of this mentioned. So for the rest of the show, he just wears a suit. Fair for no readily explained reason. Do you want Chinese, Mexican? Oh, Italian. Uh, actually, I just wanted a pizza. <laughs> I bet he eats all three of them himself. Mm. I wonder why they couldn't have her be Lois Lane. Because we're well, not owned by different companies. The Warner Brothers do it all. Warner Brothers owned the DC Comics outright. Oh, okay. There must have been a. I would have liked it to have been Lois Lane. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Would have been even cooler if Terry Hatcher played her. Hey. Lois and Clark. Oh, okay. But Lois and Clark oh, was the other crap man. Oh. Lois and Clark was about four years in the future at this point. Oh, okay. When did Lois and Clark start? 93, 94? I don't know. Something like that. So Lois and Clark was quite a few years in the future. He does that from the most good things. What, like Tabitha and Bewitched? Yeah. <laughs> Twitches his nose. I like the elongating man. I like the elongating man. Is he dead now? Yeah. See, there's an awful lot of this one that the Flash isn't in. Yeah. Which is a bit disappointing. No, it's the, the, the didn't catch him because he outruns them. Yes. <laughs> Clues in the name, yeah. <laughs> the Flash. That's why they can't catch him. They did give an upper speed that he could run in the pilot as well. I can't remember what it was. It was somewhere around the region of 200, 250 miles an hour. 
Okay. So he could paste the six million dollar man in a race, then, couldn't he? Six million dollar man only ever got up to sixty-four miles an hour. Could he be Superman? Yes. Okay. Oh, he did in one issue. Didn't yeah, he? he did. He beat Superman. The idea being, he's the fastest man alive, whereas Superman can do all kinds of other cool stuff. <laughs> you can run. I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> Right, okay. Star Labs are DC Universe. Yeah, they were in Lois and Clark as well, Star Labs. Alright, have you ever seen two scientists who look like those two? No. Why are scientists in TV shows always pretty? Scientists in real life have funny teeth and funny noses and glasses and dodgy ass voices. Scientists in real life look like Professor Frink. <laughs> yeah. The scientists on television always look like Amanda Pains, which is quite amazing. This is a funny line. No, I'm a scientist to get to blow stuff yeah. up. Oh, the Flash is showing up. Right, okay, what's wrong with the special? How does, how does the Flash know how to disarm a bomb? Why is it taking so long to do it? Yeah. Alright, what, what do you think of the special effects? I don't know. You don't know what to think of the special effects? It's too slow. He's not too slow. He's just running. He speeded up a bit and had a funnier effect to it. It's, it's... Well, let's see, it's one of those... You didn't have any problems with the special effects in the Hulk. I think that was stock footage, actually. Mm. You didn't have any problems with the special effects in the Hulk. That's because they didn't do anything like this, though. No, they didn't even try to do special effects, really, in the Hulk, did they? No. They just do slow motion. See, I think the special effects in this are still pretty good. Anyway. We finally... 15, 16 minutes into it, see the Flash in his quite bulky costume. He's got very bulky gloves. Yeah. It has to be said. How does he lift things up? Anyway, he's defusing a bomb. Um, but it's all a trick, faithful listeners. Because Captain Cold is about to show up. <laughs> and twirl his fake moustache. See, why has he got muscles in his suit? I didn't understand that. Because it's not like John Wesley's ship was badly built. It makes him look manlier. Does it, though? It just makes him look a bit, you know, like he can't be bothered going to go in the gym. Right. Watch, there's inconsistencies of the special effects here. Steve Martin is making bad cold jokes like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin. Commercial break, fires his freeze rate at the flash. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's an old serial trick where it comes back on from adverts before it went off for adverts so we see the flash escape. Steve Martin, right, okay. Freeze frame when he freezes. He's already iced though. Well, forget that. Why? Why do we have to call this one a draw? He's got the flash. So first, while he was talking, surely the flash could have ran really quickly and took that gun out of his hands. But secondly, he blasted him in the leg. Now, I don't know a lot about hypothermia, but I've watched enough Renault Fiennes documentaries about going to Everest to know that if he got his leg frozen like that at those zero temperatures, surely he's just lost that leg. Yeah. And he just made a point of saying it cut through the suit. 
like it wasn't even there. Now, if they'd said something like, fortunately, the suit protected me, I could have lived with that. But because it, it just cut through yeah. it. Yeah, and he just lay there while he did some, my you caught me monologuing. And it's like, come on, Barry, show some brains. Yeah, you flash, not in the I think you should lay low for a while. I know until it's safe. I can't do that. Barry, someone is trying to kill you. Oh, shut up. Someone's trying to kill the Flash? That's a bit of a leap. Yeah. Really. I'm recording this mini transmitting with Sutia Pisa. There you go. If there's an emergency and your vital sign is critical, it'll treat you. Do you know who ended up with those earpieces? Oh. Mark Hamill. Oh, oh, he said who? Really okay, why? Uh, Mark Hamill played the trickster okay. in a couple of episodes. And when the season ended, they thought they were coming back for season two. Yeah. But the suits were knackered at that point. They would have had to make new suits for him for season two. Okay. So Mark Hamill nicked the ears. The earpieces. Yeah, he just took them. Okay. And he apparently still has them, by all accounts. Dick Miller was Foz Knight. Captain Cold, there you go. Dick Miller gives him his name. Yes, Dick Miller was in Small Soldiers. And Gremlins. And the original Piranha. Okay. And he was in a couple of episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, I think. You know who else used to be in The Flash? Inspector Henderson from the 50s Superman TV show. Okay. But he was a blind newspaper vendor because he's blind in real life now. Although he may be dead now, for all I know. This show is 20 years old. Dick Miller's in quite a few episodes as he's as he's Huggy Bear. Okay. Dick Miller, Foz Knight, gives him lots of information about what's the word on the street. <laughs> as a too old pimp. Dogs, yes. <laughs> and the Flash kind of lets him get away with it. Is the National Inquisitor a real newspaper? No, it's the National Enquirer, isn't it? Yeah. That would have been funnier if it was the National Register. Because that's what Jack McGee worked for. Okay. That would have been much funnier. And look at that. 20 years ago, not a computer in sight in that police office. Well, computers, big things. Well, you've just seen, you just saw Tina McGee's. Saw the size of her keyboard. Oh, okay. I told you Bellows and Murphy were coming early, didn't they? Did he just call her Sarah Cronenberg? Why would he call Terry Cronenberg? Maybe so much for players who gets the names. <laughs> Barry did get a lot of action. Yeah. It has to be said. Well, there's a reason why they call him the Flash. Oh! Over in a flash. She's almost wearing shoulder pads in those in that suit. There you go. Barry's quite bright, isn't he? Uh, a newspaper reporter's come to Central City and he thinks she wouldn't want to talk about the Flash. <laughs> I don't think the atom's in this. He's too small. Yeah. You can see him on the fan behind him. Is he, is he the guy powering that fan? Yeah. He's got to run really fast. Yeah. Well, Barry's not terribly happy with Terry Cronenberg wanting to interview the Flash. 
But the Flash is happy to do an interview. Yes, well, I don't know if the Flash ever gave an interview. That was a good piece of editing. Mm. I like that. What's next? You're on TV series. Oh, good little gag, though. That's that you have boobs. Did it? Yeah. If it's real people, it's uh, pornography. If it's in black and white, or a statue, it's that. Yes, that's very true. Or foreign. With subtitles. <laughs> yeah, if it's foreign with subtitles, it's art. Yeah. If it's just foreign with subtitles, it's art. It doesn't have to be in black and white. Next time you won't I don't know why he got away last time, to be honest with you. Okay, so he's hired as a hitman, a guy who uses a gigantic freeze gun, and now he's complaining that he, he tracks too much publicity. I like the lighting. Yeah. The lighting's very neon. I always give one of Steve Martin gives him a snow globe because he's confusing himself with Mr. Freeze <laughs> at this point. Not Captain Cold or Killer Frost. Now there's a continuity goof here. Yeah. He picks the snow globe up, doesn't he? And has a play with it. Because let's be honest, you can't resist a snow globe. And it's what's it got in it? Is it a Santa. wizard? No, it can't be Santa. It's a pre-Coca-Cola Santa. Alright, oh, okay. He smacks it down and then it freezes everyone in the room and the back of that door is not frozen as you would expect because the door was shut mm -hmm. he walks over to him and his hands are clasped why is his hand not still on the snow globe okay Steve Martin opens the safe which is also frozen. which is frozen despite the fact it was behind a door why is the safe frozen because if it wasn't, then there'd be a, a hole in the plot. Right, well. Especially when you consider that the back side of the door, though, is not frozen. Yeah. Would the money not all be frozen, then? Well, I don't know, because there doesn't seem to be... And he doesn't take it all! No. I mean, oh, come on. I know he's talking about being honourable and only taking what he's owed, but the guy's dead now. You, you may as well take it all. This is another reason why he's not... Captain Cold. Captain Cold doesn't kill. Does he not? Not unless he has to. Oh, right. He has a real where he doesn't kill unless he has to, and he doesn't kill women or children. So he's not a hitman in the comics, then? It's after Crisis. Oh, post-Crisis, he's not a killer? Yeah. Or pre-Crisis, he's not a killer? Post. Okay. And he won't kill women or children as well? Okay, fair enough. Bradbury Arms. That's cool, now why don't you go... On Sturgeon Street. Ray Bradbury and Ted Sturgeon. Who? Two science fiction authors. Oh, okay. Ray Bradbury did Something Wicked This Way Comes, which is a fantastic book. Okay. And, in fact, all of Ray Bradbury's books are good. And Ted Sturgeon wrote lots of stuff, but he also wrote a mock turn. Okay. For Star Trek. Oh, the Flash is out to play again. Captain Cold seems to be able to track him wherever he goes. Is Central City Hazard County? Or is it just a back lot somewhere else? I think it's a back lot. Because all these Warner Brothers TV shows seem to be set in the same set. Okay. Hazard County is Stars Hollow okay. in the Gilmore Girls, which is Metropolis in Lewis and Clark. Okay. 
I mean, it's obviously it's not Hazard County, it's the Warner Brothers Batlock, but you know what I mean. Mm. Alright, the Flash has shown up. Oh, that was crap, I can see your skin colour. See, I like the suit. I think the suit works. Can you vibrate his hand so fast to get out well, of the chains? Well, there is that. I think he does vibrate through a wall in one episode of the show. I can't remember. I know a new frontier he jumps out of the building. Yeah. Well, see, I, I, you've not really picked a good episode here. This isn't one of the better episodes. We should have watched the Trickster one. Because yeah. Mark Hamill's brilliant. Alright, Captain Cole shows up. And freezes the floor so the flash skids. Which I suppose is a bit better for explaining why he just doesn't outrun him this time. And then in that scene the chains were undone, but now in this shot the chains work together. Maybe they couldn't fall down chained up. What, so they unchained himself to fall down chained himself back to Yeah, there. maybe Alpha Safety wouldn't let him. Okay, she's a reporter. The flash is knocked out and she doesn't try and look under his mask. Why could he not roll out the weather? Because he's crap. Even if he rolls out the way at super speed, he's still at super speed. Jesus crap is the TV show he's in. See, Peter David's mentioned this in one of his But I Digress columns. The problem with speedsters, if you play it by the rules, there should never be any jeopardy. Because no. there's, there's two situations in this episode now where, let's be honest, if the Flash was... As smart as he is fast, he could have taken this guy out quite easily. What did she do to him? Photographing. Oh, she flashed his eyes. Flashed. Uh, see what uh. I did there? Yeah, he's for every one of us. Uh, meanwhile, fortunately, Fiora, she's not Fiora in this, that was Max Hedrew. <laughs> Tina McGee. Tina McGee's a supporting character in the Wally West Flash as well, isn't she? She's not from the Barry Allen Flash. Okay. Because his girlfriend in the first episode yeah. was Iris, okay. who the Barry Allen Flash goes on to marry. Okay. But they get rid of her after the second episode. Okay. Played by Paula Marshall, who was Keith Mars' girlfriend in Veronica Mars. Okay. You don't remember her either, do you? Yeah, fair enough. I remember her not. Yeah, her mum was, um, her mum's in The Flash. Okay. Her mum's prank. The okay. trickster's Harley Quinn, essentially. Well, just like, the police have shown up at this point and are taking The Flash's flash-frozen body. <laughs> you see what I did there? Um, away with them. And because they're all dense as a bag of spanners... Tina McGee has just managed to get into the... Is that an ambulance? Yeah. It's a very old-fashioned ambulance. Anyway, has managed to get into the ambulance. It could be a meat locker, yeah. And drive away. Uh, I mean, I don't get that at all. She's just managed to walk onto a police crime scene and steal an ambulance. And nobody even spotted her. Nope. Alright, fair enough. Um, does, would his mask come off like that in that suit? Because it does look a bit uncomfortable, doesn't it? Mm. You'd think he'd have a bit of a zip at the neck. Anyway, she's unfrozen him somehow. 
and she's playing around with the computer because that's what Amanda Pears does. Max Headroom's not on DVD, is it? Right, she's got the paddles to electrocute him. Okay. Would they work through a suit? No. Certainly not that suit. But he got his powers from electricity, right? And he can move, move so fast. He didn't get his powers through electricity. He did a, a bolt of lightning hit a bunch of chemicals which fell all over it. Lightning's electricity. Yes, it is, but it, it's the chemicals that gave him his superpowers. Could it not be electricity fuels chemicals? Well, it could be. Because he does make electricity as he runs really fast. Yeah, we, we'll, we all make static electricity. So will the defibrillators not, like, make him static and electric? I don't know, well, I, I'm only from a logical point of view. See, look, the back of that suit's knackered, look. Yeah. You see, the, um, from a... A medical standpoint, surely she would have had to take the suit off him to electrocute him to get the heart working again. From a medical standpoint, this episode doesn't make much sense. Well, no, but especially seeing as the suit is designed to be able to withstand that 300 miles an hour worth of friction, but a set of paddles can work through it mm. for a defibrillator machine. And it keeps his body at the same temperature, but he can get frozen. Yeah, apparently. You know. Yes. See, mm, see, that does beg the question, would he have been frozen through the suit at all? Would he have been dumb enough to have been caught in Captain Cold's freeze ray? Yeah. No. Okay, fair enough. I do like that they've all got typewriters in the office. Mm, I want a typewriter. Um, Murphy's a very slow typer, though. You oh... Why is he going that way when we quite plainly saw her go the other way? Where is she hidden? Oh no. No, I don't see it. He's blind and stupid. And he's in the flash, so we can't be that smart. <laughs> Oh, dear. He'd like that, wouldn't he? <laughs> My, is it cold in here? Or are you just pleased to see me? Nice icicle. Yes. Meanwhile... Ice to see you. Oh, you sound... You're worse than Alan Schwarzenegger. Ah, <laughs> oh, the flash show up. See, he's fast enough to get out of the way now. And beat the crap out of him. That's a hideous sofa. <laughs> I, I came out from hiding through this glass pane <laughs> The Captain Cold didn't see me through. Sorry for getting to me in photos room, but last I checked, you almost killed me twice. And I just saved your life. Yeah. Ungrateful cow. Oh, thanks a lot. There goes my career. How about I just, like, not save you next time? Man? Yeah. How about next time I just let him kill you? Yeah. 
I think he could have played Ash if he ever do a reboot of Evil Dead. 20 years ago? John Wesley Shipp's probably in his 50s by now. He has got a superheroic chin. Has to be fair. Okay. You've watched too much television when you know that he hasn't captured Captain Cold permanently because yeah. the episode's only 34 minutes through. And there's another 10, 12 first minutes. Time, first time we watched this, I was up through, he's like, oh, I'm ready. Oh, no. No, <laughs> you look at the time and go, no, no, it's not over yet. And another example of just how dumb the Central City Police Department are. He doesn't search him. Unless he keeps his glasses and his shoes. Yes. Because he shows him his eyes and it freaks him out. And he decides, no, I can't be bothered actually doing the job that I'm paid to do. And search him. I'm just going to lock him up. Despite the fact that I know he's managed to escape from stuff like this before. Right, if I was that dude who wrote all that, I'd punch him in the face. What, for reading it all out? It's none of his business. Yeah, but he should... Was he not working? Oh. Does he not have police stuff to do? Apparently not, because he didn't search Captain Cold. Hmm. Is his real name not given in this, Leonard Snart? No. I didn't notice that his real name was given. He's not Captain Cold, though. Really. He is, well... He's very like the Mr. Freeze in the TV series Batman, isn't he? Yeah. In that he's just got a freeze gun, and that's it. He's not really got any of the character quirks or depth of the it's comic character. Cool. There's some depth in him. Yeah. Well, that's always the problem with this, isn't it? Mm. The TV adaptation has gone for the easy way out of just portraying him as a big guy, who, a bad guy, sorry, who just... Shoots things. Shoots things and says terrible puns. There's no depth to this guy as a character. We don't learn his origin. We don't know what motivates him. He's just there. I mean, the 50s comics, 50s and 60s comics, the few Flash ones I've read, the motivation always just seemed to be to outwit the Flash rather than actually being evil bad guys. But, you know. Apparently Captain's called school with the Flash. Yeah, well... He doesn't mind him, does he? Doesn't he? Didn't he go he, to his funeral? He, I, I know he respects him, and that the times they work together, he never stabs him in the back or anything. It's just like, right, I respect you. We got the job done, and we got separate ways now. Fair enough. Whereas this guy's just there's not really a lot to him. It doesn't help that he, he is played by somebody who looks like Steve Martin, mm-hmm. which means that throughout the entire episode, I can't take him seriously. But the voice of that, I can't think of seriously anyway. <laughs> Especially these orange lips. See, Mark Hamill played the trickster like Jack Nicholson in The Joker in Batman, but he's insane as well as funny. So you honestly believe he will put a bullet through your brain if it amuses him to do so. Whereas, I know, this guy's just a bit dull, isn't he? It's just not very interesting. I do like that uh, Inspector Garfield or whatever his name is 
does actually haul him over the coals for not searching him. And puts him on report. And puts him on report. That's, Good. That's the type of punishment I get in school. Well, you deserve it. And he deserved it, because let's face it, he was an idiot. But he's, he's one of the police in a TV show. Alright, okay. Wasn't he arrested at the news reporter's house? Yeah. So where did that car come from? Well, he's got a device in his shoe, right? When he presses that summons shoe. the car? Yeah. I don't know, I made it up. See, I don't know if that is hazard counter. Mm. There may be a different set. It does look like a bad person. Yeah, it doesn't, but it doesn't look like Stars Hollow hazard counter, does it? Yeah. Although the benches are there. Yeah. And is that an island in the middle? I bet the camera's not going to pan around so we can see. So it could be. Could be the Warner Brothers' back lot. I reckon it's filmed in a warehouse, though. Life always there. Broadway and Brand. Look at that reference to Boston Brand. Okay, Barry's now got a cold because of his exposure to Mr. Freeze's Captain Cold Ray, which is quite funny, but it seemed to come on quite quick. This is funny though, he sneezes and pushes himself backwards. (laughs) That did amuse me, I did like that. But his cold seemed to come on quite quickly, it has to be said. Although I've gone to bed at night without a cold and woke up with one. His cold comes on quicker than a honey gay guy. Although, maybe he does come on quickly because he's the Flash. Mm-hmm. Oh, Barry, I really need to talk to you. This just going to take a minute. I don't care. I want you to go away. <laughs> I don't care. I don't like you. You've almost had me killed twice. I want you to go away and die. <laughs> In a fire-related accident. Or a cold-related accident. <laughs> Okay, do you remember earlier on when I said Julio is there solely to A, be token, B, suspect Barry of being the Flash, and C, be plot exposition? Yeah. Why do you think he's shown up here? To be plot exposition. Almost as cool as the Expositional News Network. A friend shows up to give the lead character some plot information that he didn't previously have. Instead of going home and shaving that yeah, ridiculous beard. That's the only reason he's in this scene. Yeah. I think I would have preferred the Expositional News Network, to be honest with you. I'm sure you could help go away. Yeah, <laughs> well, pardon, bugger off. Do you not understand? Look, look, this is my house. <laughs> yeah, get out. See, now this time, when they do the freezing effects, the, the, freeze, the screen doesn't freeze for it. So is that something to do with this particular kind of effect they're doing? I don't know. Oh, bad pun. I like that, good. No, it isn't. <laughs> Well, it is him. <laughs> yeah. He finds last in the summer wine entertainment. Oh, really? Then why don't you just come and get me? What's the matter? Oh, don't tell me. Alright, so at that point, why is he not whizzed around and took the gun from his hand? See, he freezes, though. No, it's, it's not that good advice. I've just got cold feet. Oh! <laughs> 
So be a case of froze toes. See, I don't know. While he's monologuing, the Flash could have taken him out. Fortunately, he's wearing he's his thermal underwear. He's got red boots. yellow for They're only for a second. Did you know that in the comics, Barry Allen wants to beat the crap out of Green Lantern because he wore yellow boots? Because Hal wore yellow boots. No, the Flash wore yellow boots in the comics. And he kicks the crap out of Hal Jordan Green Lantern because his boots are yellow. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, the first time you saw me that, I thought just because the Flash had yellow boots, he kicks the crap out of him. <laughs> I'm wearing yellow boots I today. Yellow. I feel like kicking the crap out of my Hal Jordan. <laughs> today I'm wearing a yellow vest. I think I'll beat up Jason Todd. <laughs> anyway, the Flash has caught Captain Cold in a rather unremarkable way. How did he defrost that bus just by running around outside it? Maybe he rubbed it. Maybe the friction. Yeah. yeah possibly. He rubbed it so fast it gets so hot and melted. Oh, now I'm not a scientist, but science doesn't seem to be the show's strong point. No. Yeah, come on! Tell us how to take down Captain Cole. Wait, no one else saw the flash sitting on his ass yeah. and freezing him. Is this the bit where he says that it's going to be the comic adaptation for his partner? Yeah. Where he basically calls people to read comics stupid. I'd be offended if Murphy wasn't such a fracking idiot. <laughs> He's just admitting that in front of his boss. I don't do anything. Oh, we know. These are terrible. I like that he references the Scarlet Speedster. That's quite fun. It was a recurring gag that Murphy never saw the Flash. He was always knocked out or he looked the other way or something. So Bellows actually starts accusing him of being the Flash. The Flash is cleverer than that. Not by much, apparently. Don't have to pick him up, he's moving. Look, he's moving. Cosmo Genovese, who plays the lieutenant, is, is, I think she's brilliant. Mm. He's actually a cop with some brains. He puts Murphy on report, which is to be encouraged. Look, what are you doing? Go away. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, this little bit at the end here now, Barry's just forgiven her yeah. for the fact that he nearly, she nearly got him killed twice. It's, it's the prologue part of the episode. Oh, Epilogue. Yes. Prologue's at the beginning. Yeah, I messed up. There are no prologues in this, because you have to be pro. Yeah, he's not Cosmo Genovese, he's Mike Genovese, he's Cosmo Genovese. Sounds like a disease. <laughs> there is somebody called Cosmo Genovese. He's Mike Genovese. I don't know where I've mixed that name up from. If that's her new job, coming up with stuff like that, I'd quit now. I'm money for that money. Um, as a rule, the episodes written by Howard Chaykin and John Francis Moore were the best ones. Okay. So you could probably watch those ones and enjoy them. I think they wrote they wrote the Mirror Master one, I think, and they wrote both the Trickster ones. Okay. They're worth watching. And the pilot's good. I like the pilot. A bit sugary. He's a nice guy. He's friendly. In fact, the first half of the season is just typical TV fur. It's only when they start introducing supervillains 
that it gets a bit better. The trickster, Mirror Master. They didn't do a great job with Captain Cook. This is brilliant. He puts, she thinks Julio's the Flash and she thinks he puts makeup on. Now, if that was the other way around yeah. and she's accusing a white guy of putting blackface on, would that not be considered racist? Just a bit. <laughs> oh, dear me, yes. Uh, no thanks. She thinks Julio's the Flash. What does he put his hair? If he's the Flash. <laughs> the Flash keeps his costume in a ring, though. Not in this, he doesn't. Okay. He had it under his clothes. That was a bad joke. Bad pun. Just running around. Uh, quality guy. So, I don't suppose I need to ask you then, do I? What did you think of the Flash? Um, it was poo. Did you not like that one at all? <laughs> it was... Mockable poo. Lieutenant Garfield's good. And that's it. Well, I... I to be honest with you, I don't think you chose a particularly good episode. I mean, I know you picked it because you thought, oh, Captain Cold, it'll be great. Yeah. And it's ended up being a colossal disappointment, hasn't it? It's, um, it's crap for Captain Cold standards. Like I said, the trickster ones are brilliant. The pilot episode is pretty good. There's one called Watching the Detectives, which is pretty good. I don't recall the Mirror Master being quite as bad as that. Hmm. Uh, and I, I do like the one where there's two flashes. Twin okay. streaks, that's the good one. He gets split into two people who tries to clone him and one, one wears a blue suit. And the other one's a, oh, yeah, one was a red suit. I, I quite like that one. Yeah. That one's quite a good episode. Like Superman. And the music's good. It's Batman. Well, yeah. And these people, which is uh, Shirley Walker did the main incidental music and Danny Elfman did the theme, both of which would go on to score Batman the Animated Series. So that that was a bit of a damp squib for you then, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't one of the better episodes. Maybe we should watch a trickster one next time. Next time we do that. Next year. Anyway, speaking of Shirley Walker and Danny Elfman, that does lead us as a nice segue into what we're doing next time. Batman the Animated Series. We're very excited about that. Are we doing Two-Face? Yeah. Or do you want to do Zatanna? I fancy doing Two-Face. Okay. But it's up to you. I'll do Zatanna, but... We'd watch the <laughs> Zatanna episode if you prefer. Damn alone. You think on that. Okay. And we will leave that as a tease for our listeners. Okay. So they'll so we're not actually saying what we do. It's one, gonna be one of those. Watch us choose a completely yeah. different episode now. Yeah. <laughs> watch us go, oh, now screw it, let's do over the edge. That one's really good. Okay, uh, that's the one where under influence of Scarecrow's fear gas, the Batman sees Batgirl get killed and Commissioner Gordon hunting down for killing his daughter. I see that one. It's a really dark episode. I see that one. Very good. Do you want to do Over the Edge? Yeah, alright. Okay, we may do Over the Edge instead. Okay. These guys are frozen solid. It's got to be about 90 degrees out there. How could this happen? From the positions of the bodies, they were killed trying to get away. Sudden sub-zero drop in body temperature. Could be liquid oxygen. Or nitrogen, maybe. You'd have to drop the bodies in a vat of the stuff to get this effect. These guys were frozen on the spot. I don't know how. Well, let me spur your conjecturing, Alan. Meet the late Nikolai Brown. Ray McGill. Luis Vega. And attempting to dial 911? 
Johnny Choi. What? That's right. Central City's criminal board of directors. Combined, they control virtually all the crime in this town. Huh. Well, they did. Must have been pretty serious for all them that sit down together. I need some answers. Fast. I don't know if I got a quadruple homicide on my hands or a freak of nature. Okie dokie, we will see you all next time. As usual, feedback greatly appreciated. Good night. Bye. Would you escort Lois Lane here back across the police barricade and make sure she stays there? Hey Kids Comics is, and the devil will find work for idle hands to do production. Every Thursday, new episodes drop at aplayland.podomatic.com. You can join in the fun. We have a website where you can view the covers of the comics that we talk about, www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com, and the show can be emailed directly at heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. If you're allergic to email, we also have a forum, www.forumforgeeks.com. We are also on Facebook. You can contact us using Hey Kids as the first name, Comics as the surname. The opinions of Michael and Andrew are the opinions of Andrew and Michael and no one else. Mainly because no one else would be dumb enough to have those opinions. The music and clips used in the show are copyright, their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this, much to their chagrin. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics. (laughs) 